Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word should. The Oxford English Dictionary defines should as used to indicate obligation, duty, or correctness, typically when criticizing someone's actions. Fun fact, the first known usage was in the 12th century, which is interesting to me because what did parents and well-meaning friends say before that? I get stuck in the shoulds all the time. Should be thinner, richer, cuter, cooler, more successful, blah, 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 and write about it from time to time in my newsletter, blog, and Facebook community. So that's what this episode is all about. My guest and dear friend Vivian Manning Chevelle took the shoulds to a whole new level with a brilliant piece for Shondaland called Stop Shoulding Yourself which everyone must read and is linked in the description of this episode. So if you aren't familiar with Viv, and you really need to be, she is an exquisite writer and storyteller, a savant about all things pop culture, and does know a thing or two about the working mom hustle. So Vivian, I am thrilled to have you here on the Camera Ready and Able podcast. And the first thing I want to ask you is what resonated with you about the word should? (laughs) What didn't resonate with me about should? First of all, Barbara, I have to say, I am so thrilled to be sitting in your podcast chair. Thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. You are amazing. You are the hostess with the mostest. Oh so gosh, thank you so much. Let's get that said right off the bat. But when I read what you had written about shoulds, it really inspired me because I was in the throes of a heavy shoulding session myself. Um you know, my, both of my kids are about to graduate from their respective schools. I'm going through some personal transitions. And shooting is always very punitive. And you really opened my eyes to how I was shooting myself in different areas of my life. And I also realized how universal that feeling is right off the bat, because I don't know anyone who hasn't shooted themselves. If you have, then you're not human. If you haven't shoulded, you're not human. I think everyone has shoulded at some point in time or another, or it's just harder for some people. I think they latch on to shoulding and it's something that you just don't realize how punitive it is while you're doing it. And you opened my eyes to that. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, you are so welcome. I love the sort of paying it forward and spreading the love around the shoulds. Because I owe, as I always do, so much to Sister Brene Brown, who's helped me around the shoulds, and also some other great coaches along the way, because I was going to say that it's just, it comes up so much in my career. You should do this. You should do that, right? You should be doing it this way. You should be this far along. And and sometimes maybe someone's right, but other times it's right. You feel like there's an anvil on their chest or why is there some reason I'm so resistant to this thing I should be doing and how do I get around it a different way? So I wanted to share how much the spreading the love around the shoulds. And then I want to talk about your article is my producer, the amazing and wonderful life coach, uh, Nicole Potestivo posted about this herself on LinkedIn. And she created an anagram around the word should and broke it into two words, lush and do. So she took a negative and turned it into a positive, right? Because like the lush, it's just like verdant and fertile and great. Suddenly it's like, oh. I do, like it's lush and I want to go it's do indulgent. that. Yeah, oh, it's indulgent. It's indulgent. It's not like, it's lux. It's like, for something to be lush, it's something to be savored, 
which I really love that word. I think lush is such a great word. I know. Well, you're a writer and a brilliant writer. So we could talk how much, you know, all day Thank long you. about how much words matter. And I'm not a writer, but I really believe that words matter. So I love that. I love what Nicole just opened my eyes around. And again, what an amazing jumping off point this conversation around should really is, because we talk about so many other things, but this doesn't get discussed enough. And so here we are, we're here to spread the word. What was a big takeaway actually, as you dove into, by the way, okay, I'm rambling, I know, but how much do I love just even the title, which I had never thought of to stop shooting yourself and being like, I get stuck in the shoulds, but what I'm really doing is I'm shooting on myself. Yeah, um, I know because of what it sounds like. And even, you know, you really get the hint that it's something that is not positive in a way. It's just the way that the words are framed and the inferencing you can build around that because of what shooting sounds like, the other word that shooting sounds like, oh. minus the on, like shooting sounds like shitting to me. Again, so exactly. when I, you know, so it's like, stop shitting on yourself. It's like, stop shitting yourself. You know, you can really, it's fun to play with words in that way. When something sounds like another word, then it gives you that subconscious feeling of pulling the meaning from the other word to that word, right? So yeah, I mean, but the way you used shoulding totally inspired that. Like I have the shoulds, like I have the shoulds. It's, it's a plague almost. But when I dove deep into it and I found out the takeaways, well, the, the thing that I've reported before for other publications about how word choice really matters and how self-talk really matters. So I was already familiar with the power of self-talk and the research behind self-talk and the fact that the words that we choose and the words that we use to describe ourselves, to describe our lives, to describe our intentions, um, are very powerful. And actually, I've done a lot of research about, you know, neuropsychology and how your brain gets programmed to do certain things. And the brain is a very sensitive organism. I don't think we are even close to understanding how sensitive it is and how what happens in our heads, what happens upstairs affects outcomes in our lives. So having done some research with that, I was very curious to take it to the, you know, to get deeply into the shoulds and to understand. And there was a little bit of a mixed bag there at first when I first started doing research because should can also be motivating. You know, sometimes a little, not negative self-talk, but the intention behind it is to be motivational, right? So when you take it from with that spirit, it's not as punitive when you use those words, but, if it's a constant should cycle where you're never living up to what it is that you intend to accomplish, that's when you run into trouble because you're constantly telling yourself you're less than. So the experts saw that right away. And immediately when I presented the questions to them, they were responsive to that. They understood that that was the problem, right? So should is not as innocuous a word, I think, as you think it is, because when you use it with yourself, you're implying you're not living up to something. And when you use it with others, I think it's intended as being less punitive and more of a guidance term, right? Like you're offering someone a solution. You should do this, or you should consider this. Or, but at the same time, you know, it's interesting how we view using that words with others versus how we using that word, how we can view using that word with itself and the impact as well. Because if somebody's giving you a should, you can take it or leave it. It's not coming from within. 
that's from that's an external should. It's like you can take it for a grain of salt. It's like anything else. But when you're shooting yourself, that's harder to leave behind. You can't edit that out. You know, you can't dis distance yourself from that. That's something that's an expectation that you're placing on yourself that you can't always live up to. So it's just important, all told, being aware of the words that we use and how we speak to ourselves is incredibly important and impactful in terms of life outcomes. And, you know, there are studies after studies after studies about how children expectations put on certain children in school, for example, or expectations put on children. If, if you don't expect someone to achieve something, then they're not going to achieve it. So it's kind of a mixed bag. You have to like read through how should affects you in its own unique way and affects lives. You know, on some level, there has to be some expectation, but it's also positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. Does that make any sense? Oh, 100%. I was gonna say, though, I was deeply inspired actually by the definition from the Oxford English Dictionary, because what happens is definition wise, is the obligation aspect. Right, the negativity is right there. The I was so surprised when you just read it and I was hearing you say it because the negativity is pretty blatant. What helped me was to ask myself the questions, why should I do this? Right. Do I right. wanna do this? What's the value to me? What is the positive impact? Or am I stuck in a should cycle where it's mm -hmm. ne negative judgment? And so even going back to what we're saying about expectations is exploring, talking about words, other, other language we could use, even when we're trying to be well-meaning with friends. Have you thought right. about doing this? Right. Are you open to exploring this? You know, right. something you maybe not, haven't thought of that I could see you being really great at is da-da-da-da, or, you know, I encourage you to talk to your boss about getting a raise instead of the, you should go ask for a raise. Or you know what I support? <laughs> Like I'm supportive of you going down this path, right? Like more supportive oh, I language, love that, Viv. less shaming, more supportive. And you know, what's interesting, Barbara, like when you went, when I interviewed you for the piece, you said something that really sparked a thought in me, like maybe you're shooting because it's not something that you really want to do. So you've got to put the want in there. Like, what do you want? Because if you're shooting, you've got to ask, is something you even want? That is such a crucial and important question, because if you feel a sense of obligation enough to use the word should, you've really got to kind of question what's putting you off about it. And I loved, loved, loved that you responded with that question and that you put that in there because it's such an important aspect of the shoulding is your sense of agency within the shoulding. It gives you a sense of agency back, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you are saying, instead of using should, like you might want if you're suggesting something to someone else, like you were just giving examples of, you might want to, or what do you want to, you know, it's kind of putting a sense of agency back on the person to be more, you know, mm. take more, you know, have reaffirm their sense of agency with respect to the choice of the decision that they're making. You should get your driver's license. Well, do you want to get your driver's license? Like, how do you feel exactly. about your driver's license? You should get a job. Well, well, if you don't, you might need that. to get a job, but if you want to get a job, like, why don't you want to get a job? Because that's the stuff that you need to look at to stop shooting and then just start doing. 
So we're mm-hmm. both in the, the media entertainment industrial complex. I think about- this- I love how you put that. <laughs> That's exactly what we're in. It sounds like a labyrinth, which it actually is. So, so right. So there are so many shoulds that come up in our careers. You should be mm. on this platform. You should be doing it this way. You should have hit this uh, milestone by now or should, 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 should. And that's what really gets to me like deeply baked in and the less than and to judging ourselves against other people. So the first mm-hmm. step right is just to stop and do inventory, check in with yourself and be like, you know what? I'm okay where I am. Cause I do believe right. I'm super coachy, but I do believe we're, you know, we're where we're supposed to be and right. yourself, what are the lessons? What are the opportunities? But I really do do this every day. I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I, I sometimes joke, but I, I take it quite seriously. And so I think that's where that shows up. And one of the things strategically you can do, it's like, okay, I get why there's value to promotional aspects but for many of us it's really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or we don't have time i'd be inclined to agree like so then you ask absolutely especially because we're (laughs) right especially because we're pre-social media media people like if you had a career in media before social media and you had adopt to social media it just felt like 10 times more the work at first right and i Uh, i mean still it's just like okay yeah yeah (laughs) So it just adds, and this is why it's an entire job for people in media now is for someone to do social media. But if you're your own entity, you usually do your own social media. So that adds a whole aspect to your professional list of obligations. Like I can't just sit and keep my head down and write. I have to promote what I write. If I don't promote what I write, no one's gonna read it, right? And also social media feeds you ideas and inspiration and connections in different ways that none of us expected to. But, you know, I remember having that be a big should. You should adopt this new platform. You should adopt this. You should adopt this. It's always scaling forward and learning and growing, which of course, as professionals, we always have to do to stay on top of our game. I realize I sound like I'm a thousand years old by even bringing that up, but at the same time, you know, it just, it was one situation in the trajectory of my career where I realized that there was a lot of shoulds that were real shoulds that I had to rise to the occasion of, right? But I should myself constantly. I don't think anyone with high standards isn't in danger of shitting themselves, you know? Mm, Good point. I think we need to forgive ourselves, right? And just, and I think it gets easier as you get older to understand that what's for you is meant for you. And you may go down a certain path or try something or experiment with a new aspect of your venture or test the waters in some new way. And either it's going to work for you and you're going to take to it, or it's not going to work for you. And you also understand when to cut your losses. I think the, sh- the stopping of the shooting gets a little easier rather than if you're young and ambitious and have a huge fire in your belly. And then it's really easy to get caught in the shoulds. Because like, as you said, like Gen Z and millennials, I think have a lot of pressure on them to always be on their game. 150%. And they have to perform in so many different platforms that we didn't have to perform at to develop their personal brands when they were 20, 25. You know what I mean? I completely know what you mean. I think it shows up a lot in the space too, where I work with people in media because mm-hmm. it's all, you know, what you should be doing. But to your point, I think it's challenging for many of us to know when we're stuck into like the hamster wheel because mm-hmm. we do the same thing over and over again and not making any progress. And, and we think that we're failing somehow because we got stuck in the shoulds. And it's not just only our emotional talk. It's, it's the 
information that seems to be available to us is like, this is how you should accomplish this thing. And if you're not accomplishing it, you failed as opposed to having the courage, which takes a long time and you need support from other sources to say, you know what? It might not be you. This is right. not work for you or find a hack for how this is done that allows you to adapt to that. I'm obsessed with planners and I collect them and I give them out to my clients. I love them. Like everybody's systems. I'm obsessed. All of them. I, 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 I love, love. Them. I have dozens of them. One day I dream of creating my own. But, you know, many of these planner communities have Facebook groups. Planner communities? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, totes. Yeah. Like, All right. I got to look that up. <laughs> but to me, it's, it's I'm always it's, interested in things. So okay, I but, need to know about this thing. Okay. Yeah. Like, so one, how much do we love subcultures? I know you and I share that, but two, yes. organizing is a thing like the, you know, the container store is one of my happy places. So oh, it sure. is no surprise that like you can find amazing online communities and great information around mm -hmm. organizing, clean, all that stuff. The reason why their communities spring up about this is many people who need help in creating structure and organization and focus find help by having, a, you know, accountability partners and other people in a community sharing this. So that actually makes sense to me. And I was reading one day, it made me sad, one person after another talking about the trouble they were having, like I'm not doing my morning pages. And by the way, it was not the artist way, but I mean, it's like that sort of thing. It's like, I'm having so much trouble, but so much self flagellation, like they were failing yes. the system. And That's painful it's, to it's hear. not my platform. And I was not going to go on and be critical, but I wanted to give everybody a group hug and go, it's not the system for you or let's right. stop. Why right. for you? Right. How can you adapt this to work for you? So you get out of this, this is a guru. It should work for me. I'm failing instead of, huh, what elements about this make sense to me? What is right. sense? How can I make this work for me? And so that to me is like this bigger, deeper version of when we stop Mm -hmm. Give ourselves permission to actually question the should because there's depending on on your issues around authority. Um, this is getting deep stuff, Viv. This circles right back to our conversation about agency and how you learn to take what you need and leave the rest because solutions are not one size fits all. What fits mm. for somebody? Life is not one size fits all solutions. Like for years, I was hearing you should get up at five o'clock in the morning and work oh. on your novel. I have a dear friend who it worked for her and she was oh, like, God bless. This is it. Like it was with the, so much love and the best of intentions. And she really just wanted me to be able to create time for myself. And this worked for her. This worked really well for her. And I think it was you actually who said, you know what? Fuck that shit. Like that doesn't <laughs> work for me. And I was so relieved and empowered to hear you say that because I actually tried it for two days and I was like, oh, fuck to the no. Like, this is not, I am way too messy. You don't want to know me until 7.30 in the morning. Like nobody, I don't want to know myself. Like, I don't want to show up. I can't, this is my personal account. This is what works for me. Uh, for me to write, I need to be able to do it from nine to five. And this is how that works for me. And if I need to carve out time to work on a personal project, I'm more comfortable doing it between 8 and 9 p.m. than I would be between 5 and 7 a.m. And that's just how my life works. That's just how my circadian rhythms run. I have my own circadian rhythms. You have your own. But I swear to God, I don't know if it was social media or whatever, but you wrote somewhere and I was laughing and I think I wrote you about it. And I was like, thank you, Barbara. Oh my God. That was so validating because this is a, a pervasive should in the creative community. Like I can't tell you how many interviews with authors, with 
you know, various successful people who are like, I get up at 5 a.m. And it's like, it all works for them. But meanwhile, I know from experience that this does not work for me. I cannot have a cohesive thought when I'm that. I'm a nocturne. Like I can't fall asleep before 12, 1230 at night. If I do, it's a miracle. So I need enough sleep to be able to function. And then within that time, the following day, if I have my sleep, I can get done the work of 10 people in that hour. So thank you, Barbara. I'm publicly thanking you <laughs> for releasing me from that shooting because I was seriously shooting myself about that for a minute. And then I was like, well, fuck that. I don't have to shoot myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I speak about this often. The big aha for me was discovering the Pomodoro technique. Cause my thing was, if I, <gasps> I had two weeks to do something like two weeks to go write a book, I'm like, I'm not gonna go write a book. I'm gonna go to the beach with my family. I was oh, like, yeah. right. And so the big aha for me was reclaiming 30 minutes a day. And I wrote my book in 30 minutes a day. See, and that the Pomodoro technique is kind of life-changing and I'm really into it. It's new for me. I looked it up. I'm like, Pomodoro, where the fuck did this come I love from? it. It's free. I, and I hack it, by the way. I create demi-Pomodoros. Like I do a half Pomodoro. Like I'm yeah. going to clean a closet for 12 and a half minutes right. because I have some spare time. And I do odious tasks in the shoulds, like my taxes in Pomodoros. See, and that's incredibly effective because you have made the cognizant decision. It plays into your sense of agency and ownership and decision-making, that this is something that you are going to do. Whether it's something you don't want to do or not, kind of doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's the aspect of choice and empowerment that I think is important. And when we should ourselves, I feel like it, it makes you feel more like a victim somehow. It makes oh, you like victimizing yes. yourself. Yeah. But to that point, I want to talk about feelings because this is where we go a little bit deeper, Viv, is when you catch the feeling. Because by the way, obviously it's easy. We get stressed and we get numb. And so we're not even necessarily aware that we're caught up in a cycle. So I was curious like how your own awareness of the physical sensations you might feel mm, as well as the emotions question. that come up. Um, I feel... Well, it really depends on the context of the shooting. You know what I mean? I tend to get more sick and like, Whoa, about stuff like taxes or stuff like, um, you know, just shit I really just don't want to be bothered with, like perfunctory things. Like yeah. I always joke with my, one of my best friends about the admin. Like I cannot stand how much admin I have in my daily life to make the machine run as like a parent of two kids. Amen, and sis running a business and all the chasing of the Ergo all the planners that I'm obsessed with. Do you see what I'm saying? Like those, those tasks gives me no comfort whatsoever. They keep Not me from going no to the joy. Beach. They keep me from going to the beach with my family. They keep me from doing the things that, like in my world, I just want to write and go have fun. Like I would have someone else do everything else if I could afford it. Like that would just be how I am. Cleaning my bathroom, as cathartic as it is, <laughs> it's not high on my to-do list. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. So, and there's not an app for that, Viv. I just want to jump in with that one too, because whenever so I have upsetting. conversations about systems, okay, talk about a should, I can't tell you how many well-meaning people I adore and respect send me links to systems that I should be on and, oh, and it's so and stressful, so stressful. and aquarium nothing is intuitive if it's not hackable and customizable my rebellious self is like man so it's really funny just I sort of just had to joke about that because I just keep scrolling I'm like thanks but I have no time like Aries right but <laughs> also with a lot of Pisces so I'm very intuitive and sensitive and a lot of Taurus so I'm very stuck in my ways and 
in some ways. Um, I'm the Aries in me is what makes me an adapter, and the other planets are like, but wait, it's so much more fun. To like, can we just go eat? Like, can we just go eat? Can we just go lay out in the sun? Can we go for a swim? Like, this is like my. I want to live in utopia. This is just me head in the clouds too much pisces in my chart. okay so we this can all why. agree that we don't want to do the administrative stuff. no that's i don't want to do that but that's but what i get about caught the in the shitting but the emote but the, but the emotional stuff emotional, the bigger stuff it's like your career, career and your life driven. and your in your dreams because here's the thing okay we it's a lifelong lesson i think that we all have to learn in terms of how we define ourselves in terms of what we accomplish i feel like everybody who has a creative dream or profession and has a certain standard of performance in their career and profession, we're all gonna shit ourselves. We all shit ourselves. And the way those shits keep us going, because if I read somebody getting a book deal that I really would rather have, this is kind of what my current trigger is. I used to, it's funny because I've had a turning point with this in the past couple of years. I used to be like, oh God, I gotta finish this book. God, it's there, it's there, the time is right just do it. And then I would be looking at my real life, which is a tremendous list of to do's and the work that I have to do to get paid. Because if I stop doing that work to get paid as a self-employed person, the whole system stops and then you can't pay your bills. So it's really hard to get off that hamster wheel of self-employment. You work all the time when you're self-employed and carving out you know, I don't have the luxury of going off to like a writer's workshop for a month to develop a novel. I just don't have the resources, the support system, any of those things in place. And you know what? Most real people don't. Like those are luxury. Those are really fortunate people who get to go off and pursue their creative lives in that way. And to have the resources and the support, be it from parents, be it from spouses, being from, you know, money, it all just comes down to money to do that. So I stopped being so punitive with myself somehow, because I realized like everyone has their own ish. Everyone has their own shit. Everyone's carrying their own cross, so to speak, without being religiously committed in any way, shape or form. So I'll get there in my own due time. Like, I think I've really connected with my inner Torian and like, if I stop and smell the roses along the way, but get it done in a way that's done well, that is going to be so much more impactful than rushing through to meet a goal. Like, who am I doing this for? Am I doing it for me and my own person, you know, my own personal professional enrichment? Who am I competing with? Really, ultimately myself. And once I realized that it was incredibly freeing because I'll get my shit done when I get it done. You know what I'm saying? Do I wish I was further along in my career? A thousand percent. But I think it's more important to have a good time along the way. And if I can balance the two and I'm paying my bills and I'm still breaking new barriers and accomplishing new goals, even if it's more slowly than somebody who may have more free time on their hands, then chef's kiss. It's, uh, it's about the, having fun along the way and, and having enriching relationships and, and having love and, and spending time with the people you care about, your friends and, you know, whoever feeds your soul. Like if you're able to kind of work that into your daily life, like I've never been that I have the shoulds a lot because I feel like I should be that more driven, ambitious, focused person. And I am that person, but there's always been a dichotomy within me. That's kind of like, you know, work in sprints, like really, 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 really hard for a month or two, couple months, make social sacrifices. And then like when it's summer, I'm like, <laughs> me time. Like, I know that I need a moment to be well, a better writer, sustainable for you. to live a life, to be, and I've, I'm lucky 
that, you know, it's, I'm not talking about taking time off, but I'm talking about curbing my punitive tendencies in terms of what I it's feel also like nurturing I your creative cycles. Sure. Right. And realizing like sometimes you got nothing. Like Erica Badu said something incredibly prolific for creatives. And I thought this was brilliant and genius and so something we all need to know. And she's like, Yeah, I haven't had an album out in a while. I'm downloading. I'm living my life. I'm getting the creative messages. Isn't that fucking brilliant? Isn't that just everything? So good. Right? Like we all need to download once in a while. Everybody needs a download. Mm. So it's like so many people I see on this hamster wheel. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Oh, oh, don't, don't, don't. I mean, Barbara, you know I'm a hustler, right? I'm a huge hustler. You have to be to be self-employed. You can't sustain yourself otherwise. But sometimes a girl needs to download and that is okay. A human being, everybody needs to download. Everybody needs to listen to themselves to live their lives. So they have something to write about, whether it be music, whether it be painting, whether it be helping others like you do. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you need to help yourself or just be. It's okay to just be. Like, where is that message? I feel like shoulding counteracts that really important part of having a rich emotional life. You know, a very practical version of that is when I was creating the podcast and working with Vinny Potestivo, episode number one, Growth, mm -hmm. um, he really helped me and gave me a massive permission slip when he said, we're going to focus on making an impact, not hitting deadlines. Love that. Love that. Oh my God, that is so great. Because we got it done. And, and that is so great. Launched an well, like, you know what I mean? Episodes are coming. Yeah. We're doing it. And that changed everything. And so that goes back to what you're saying. It's like, do you want to write a book or do you want to write a book that you're proud of or feeds your soul or speaks to you or says something? Because those are two different things. One is a task. One is mm -hmm. a creative endeavor. And so I help people too, also in their careers. It's like, if getting it done is not actually the issue, Mm -hmm. The difference between doing and doing something well and execution. But I want to go back. How much do I love the Erica Badu quote? So what are you downloading right now? Oh my God. Well, I hope to be taking some time off super soon because I've been working like a jackass this whole <laughs> pandemic, like most people have. So I'm just, you know, I'm taking a few weeks and I will be incredibly busy with personal things during those weeks where I just got to a point where my personal life just demanded my full attention. Sure. So I'm going to be dealing with those things for a minute and you know, that's okay to get off the hamster wheel. But what am I downloading? Do you mean like in terms of what inspires me? Yeah, what like am what's I watching? inspiring? What, what am I, yeah, what I are you listening watching, to? Listening, reading, staring at? Oh my God. I just finished the audiobook of The Chiffon Trenches with And Andre Leon Talley. I want to read his own book. He does. Oh my God. Is it booming? Oh, that's fantastic. My friend John, we went to dinner and John is. 26 he's a dear friend of mine and he tells me what's up like we have the same taste so if he tells me something I hold it deep and I listen to it and he was like Viv you gotta do the audiobook don't even bother with the pages like you gotta hear him tell his own story not only is it an amazing fashion retrospective through his lens it's about his struggle as a black man in the fashion industry which was so in what he did he opened doors for so many people just his perspective is so powerful and it just really breaks your heart how he was treated in the end and i wanted to hear him tell his story 
And it was so great to actually hear him do it. Taking in that information, taking in that book through my ears, I think was way more powerful than actually sitting and reading it. John was right. Okay. Siobhan Trench is totally going on the summer reading blog. And like get the Libby app and like listen to him say it. Oh my God. Okay. I can't thank you enough, Viv. This has been so great. You have to keep coming back. This is so fun. Oh my God, I would love to. I could talk to you all day, every day. I mean, but that's just our dynamic anyway. (laughs) It's 100% true. So I want everyone to follow Viv at Soapbox Dirty on Twitter and V Manning on Instagram. I want to thank you, everyone, for listening. It really means the world to me. We actually, Viv and I and some others, have a lively community on Facebook. So if you would love to join us there, skip on over and join the Able Intermedia group on Facebook. As always, please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and tell your friends. Thanks.